This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politics. Welcome to Wow! What a week. Hashtag Politics. You may have seen a number of people on social media stating that they stand with certain organizations and countries. Well, we can't always tell you where our next guest stands. But what we do know, though, is that he does evaluate many avenues before he picks a spot. Please give a warm welcome back to Botsang Mudimuwami Muilwa. Brother man? Good morning, Fresh. Very nice, Madiba Shet. Uh, yeah, thank you. Hey, this shit got me into trouble this week in court. What happened? <laughs> I was in the labor court on Thursday, and the the presiding officer, the judge, the judge said to me, I should stop coming to a court with nice shirts and not dress properly. So what does that mean? No, no I was not wearing a jacket. Oh, but and, why do uh, you need a jacket in uh, court? Well, that's the court rules, my man. Uh, if you are lawyers and attorneys, oh, were you representing I'm yourself? I'm representing myself, so oh. so I was supposed to have worn a jacket. But I thought, you know, Madiba has set the standard. You thought you'd charm her I'll with charm, your Madiba I'll shirt. charm the justice, and she <laughs> she read me a riot, and I I profusely apologized. And she said, next time I must come to court dressed up properly. Yo. <laughs> Okay, so if I represent myself in court, I can't go in my golf shirt. No, no, you can't. The, the, the court regulations don't allow. What if I can't afford a jacket? Well, raise it with the court. You know, they may end up saying, do you an application that you can't afford a jacket? <laughs> Everything goes with an application. Clearly. You must satisfy the court mm. that you can't afford a jacket, or you can't even borrow your uncle's or your friend's jacket. Yo. Or can I, Uncle, oh, I'll ask Uncle uh, Gwede if I could use his jacket. Well, one of the ones he was wearing that was <laughs> flopping there. Uncle Gwede's one will be two times the size of you. But anyway, I see you're saying I'm not taking sides. I, I, I do take sides. Uh, I take the justice side. We'll, we'll find out soon enough, in fact. In fact, speaking of applications, um, it seems like the NFP are back in the news after having been banned by the IEC. What's going on with that story? Well, that, that, that emanates. Uh, on, on Wednesday evening, the, the NFP National Freedom Party yes, sir. Uh, came back with a statement to say they are convinced they will contest the 2024 uh, national elections, which include provincial elections as well. And, and this emanates from an old case, you mm. know, that even went to an extent of sitting at the Constitutional Court, where NFP members or deployees or candidates after mm. the, the last local government elections, they were found to be wanting with criminal records. Mm -hmm. The party itself did not account for the allocation of monies that, you know, the National Assembly and the IEC allocates to political parties. So they have to account. They have to provide financial statements, how mm, they use constituency mm, monies mm. and things like that. So for failure of the NFP to do that, and the, the rules are very clear of the of the Election Electorate Act, to say if you fail to comply and to, to disclose and to provide books and reports, mm. you will be struck of the role of the IEC. Okay. So they are appealing that process and they are convinced that, look, we have less than 12 months to go into elections. They are convinced mm. that this matter will be resolved uh, before the next elections. Sure. They are preparing for campaign. All the political parties have started campaigning now, whether on media or even doing lists of their candidates. So mm. they can't fail the previous candidates, obviously, because they've been banned by the IEC, the previous candidates. So mm. they must come up with new people. Okay. And now, the difficulty they are facing with is the time frame Mm. between now and finding candidates that will appeal to the constituency. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge. But they are convinced, the leadership of the NFP is convinced that they will be on the ballot paper come elections of 2024. Uh, let's move to uh, Action SA. Um, they've just announced that uh, Kwena Mangope is the new Northwest election candidate. Yes, uh, I actually need to address that guy. I don't know whether he was already... I think he's General Kwena Mangope. Okay. Uh, 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 he has been. He, he was approached by Action SA leader, uh, Mr. Mashaba, uh, some few months back, mm. to stand as their candidate in the Northwest Province, and sure. he, he accepted. And now they announced him officially during the course of this week that mm. we are focusing on that Kwenamangope uh, is going to be the Action SA premier candidate for the Northwest Province. Mm. I, I can tell you, with what has happened. 
with the ruling African National Congress for all the years in the Northwest. He may pull some good numbers for, 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 for Action SA. One, it is because of his family background. He is the son of the former, you know, Bantu Sten Buputatwana. Oh, so he's Hosi Mangope's son. He's Hosi Mangope's son. Okay. Okay. And, 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 and also... Does he speak like him? Uh, uh, I don't Bare know. But... <laughs> Lea, stand up. <laughs> Lea, sit down. <laughs> So he's Mama Leah's son. Yes, that is yes, so dope. Yes, so so. <laughs> but Mangope also, I, I can tell you that he's got credentials on his own, despite the fact that he is a Mangope. Okay, so he's built uh, himself. He has built himself, mm. not really politically, but he has served government in the South African National Defence Force. Sure. And 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 he, you know, he he served the country, and he actually never wanted to be seen as a Mangope, the child of Kosi Mangope of Putatswana. Mm. He served the African National Congress-led government. And now he has joined Action S. And I think he can bring good numbers, especially in the Northwest, where the people are disgruntled. Mm. People are very unhappy with the ANC in the they Northwest. They feel province. forgotten. Almost. They feel forgotten. Or, or, as a friend of mine who lives in Mahikin said, I feel like we're being punished for whatever issues they had with Mangope. But, but then the ANC did not help itself because mm. they did not even do anything closer to what Mangope was doing positively. Not mm. even close. I don't want to say com uh, equal to or better than Mangope. They did worse than Mangope. Mm. So the people of the Northwest are saying, even a Bantu stand like uh, Lucas Manyane Mangope, who was bad, he did better than the ANC. Mm. Uh, and therefore would have rather lived and suffered under the Bantu stand Mangope than the ANC. I mean, that's a very tall statement. And, and, and many of the people in the Northwest are very unhappy mm. uh, across the board with, with what has happened and transpired in the new dispensation. So Action SA may be going to throw a very good punch in, 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 in the north, especially in areas like Mutsweding and, and rural areas of the former Buputatswana, the northwest, where the, the Bangope party did well even after the 1994. Mm. Remember, they contested elections mm -hmm. uh, after 1994 at some stage. And, and there were people who still cited and see themselves as a regional party, as a mm. provincial party. But he's coming with a new flag, with a new name, uh, uh, Action SA, and, and he's been, you know, uh, uh, teaming up with people like him and Mashaba. I think language proficiency is the son of the Northwest province, unlike people coming from another province and being deployed to, being parachuted to, the, in. Parachuted to the Northwest. Mm. So that's where Action SA is sure. uh, with the Northwest. And I think they're treading very carefully uh, 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 in, in announcing candidates. I don't think they will contest in all provinces, maybe with money, because mm. this thing works about, can you afford to register for a province where you know you will uh, get a thousand votes and you pay hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands you can register. It doesn't make business, elections business sense. E exactly. Mm. So so parties that know that they are weak in some places, why contest in that place? Oh, then just sell more hair products. <laughs> And instead of food parcels, do hair parcels. He's, he's not selling hair products anymore. We don't put, we don't perm anymore. He's selling books now. No, but you can still make a hair moisturizer. You still need braids to be moisturized. We don't. It must. It's not just about the scale. Don't don't make hair man to go back to hair business. He's a politician. Now. But his name says it, hair man, <laughs> mashallah. So. <laughs> yeah. So Johannesburg has a problem with abandoned and or hijacked buildings. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think Durban also has a, a similar problem. But there's a report from 2014. Exactly. Uh, about hijacked buildings and what needs to happen. Well, it's well, nine years later. What's going on? Tato, you even mentioned Deben and Jobek. I, I think this thing is mushrooming. It's everywhere. Yeah. Kubilene has the same problem. Sure. Swani, where I come from, has the same problem in Sunnyside. But but with Jobek, and Action SA is crying in DA about this, is mm. that they knew, they took action mm. regarding this matter once the buildings of Hilbro and others mm. uh, started being occupied. There was no rent being paid and nobody controlled them. They went and they conducted an investigation, a study, and a report was presented to the council in 2014, which was approved, which identified what the problems were, what are the challenges, who are the potential building hijackers. Mm. So the, 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 the Johannesburg, city of Joburg, uh, 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 municipality, knew as way back as 2014, what are the problems they were and they did focus 
They did nothing with it, mm. and it has come up to bite them and catch up with them now, where 70 people lost their lives in one of the buildings that was specifically identified as hijacked or unsafe. So so now with the commission of inquiry that the premier of the Houghton province, uh, Mr. Banyaza Lusufi, has instituted to investigate what actually transpired with the 70 people, the DA and other opposition parties, uh, like Action SA, mm. are crying to say, why institute a commission of inquiry? Yes, lives were lost. And and I'm one of the people who says, yes, lives were lost. We mm. did speak about it to say what's going to happen now. It's going to be a commission of inquiry. A retired judge is going to make some millions out of this. Those lives will not come back. And that's exactly what we predicted mm -hmm. they will do. But nobody is sitting there and saying, how come city of Joburg, whether it was it was the, 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 the Action SA that was in charge or the ANC or any political party that has been on the hot seat that has changed uh, 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 mayors like no other city in, in, in the Republic of South Africa, how come none of these political parties have implemented the 2014 recommendations and the findings of the 2014? We would have not been where we are now. Mm. So instead of having a commission of inquiry, waste the money and go to reinvent the wheel to say what killed those people, mm. what caused the fire, why were they in there? You have a report mm. that predicted that if we don't do ABC, we are risking fire, we are risking hazards, we are risking the building collapsing and, and many other things. Mm. So so it has recommendations and the answers are there, what actually transpired. But we want to spend a couple of millions from the province to, to go and find out why people died when we know actually why people died. We mm. were told as, as residents of Joburg that if we don't contain and control the hijacked buildings, people will die there because the building may collapse. True. Fire may broke out. And why do we want the commission of inquiry? Yes, people's life, I don't want to be insensitive. Mm. People's life are very important, but will this commission we, of inquiry... We know exactly what the problem is. We know exactly what the problem is. And so we've known. We should be dealing with the problem. We've known. So instead of these political parties who are in, they, they deny that it's a coalition, but it is a coalition without a principle. Instead of them wasting time trying to figure out what killed those people. They must go to that report. It was done by experts, engineers, mm. you know, town planners. They must go there and implement to avoid this happening in the next building sure. or any other one. They must implement. I would, if I was Banyaza, uh, uh, Mr. Lisufi, I would have instructed the MEC of, of, of Cocta in Gauten to tell Jobek to implement the outcome of that report. They can amend it to switch 2023. 20, mm. They can amend the report mm. and add new developments. But implement corrective measures instead of investigating what you were supposed to know. But we're not in the habit of implementing stuff. I mean, uh, I, I, I'll give you an example. I mean, even just with uh, what's happening with the anti-doping agency, yes, that's yes. two years ago said countries need to uh, come up with legislation that governs uh, doping, doping and anti-doping in sport. We've known for two years. Yeah. Uh, this week we risked not being able to sing the national anthem. Or fly the flag. Or fly the flag or s perform under the, the name South Africa mm -hmm. because doping legislation is not what, what it should be. And, and, you know, I love Zizi. I've loved Zizi Kordoa since uh, uh, Youth League days 23 years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for him to now want to defend his predecessors who clearly slept on the job. Someone slept on the job. I, I felt sorry for Zizi, actually. Because now he it, must... It's not his doing. That's what I'm saying. He must now defend his predecessors who've had two years... But but fresh, we, we spoke about how and, and, and I was very, you know, brutal about it, how mm. the previous Minister of Arts, Sports and Culture has failed this country. Mm. And now he's an ambassador in the Europe capital of Arts, Sports and Culture, France. You mm. understand? Mm. I mean, he, he focused on heavy erecting a pole that the president had to call him to hey, stop with that pole or flag that is costing millions. When and this is what I always tell people. Our political office bearers, mm. they like microphones and cameras. They want to be in the limelight. The, the, the previous minister was forever on television, just like mm. the minister of police. Mm. Instead of focusing on policy positions, that's the duty of a political office bearer, to focus on developing, amending, correcting policies of the mm. country. The Ministry of 
uh, arts and culture has failed to do that in sport. Now we have been faced the risk of what we have explained. We cannot sing our national anthem at a, at a, at a cricket, you know, a, 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 a tournament. We cannot fly our flag. We cannot sing the national anthem. It is because the Minister of Arts, Sports and Culture has failed to do their duty mm. to amend, even to start the process. If we are going to go back to the international bodies mm. and say in South Africa, our process of amending our laws takes time because of our parliamentary processes. But here we are. Sure. When instructions were given, mm. we initiated the process. We didn't do anything. Mm. We were sitting here dancing, singing slogans and being on television instead of doing our job. And mm. where's the president? in this instance. The president, instead of calling his minister, his subordinate, to say, you failed to do your job. It's like, no, no, no. I'll deploy you as an ambassador to France. There's an indictment in their duties in mm. this instance. And and shame, sorry for Zizikora, he's not only defending his predecessor, he's defending his fellow comrade from the ruling party. And he has to talk in a tongue. Uh, luckily, he's a good speaker. You know, he used to be a spokesperson. He has to speak in a tongue that will defend and protect the party as well as the government. But, but, but I'm generally loving Zizi's energy, though that in the short space of time that he's been a um, sports, arts and culture minister, I almost feel like he's been more present in the moment and wanting to do more than he's what was like previously a done. It's a shame. The guy has been resolving problems. Yeah. If you remember the cases mm. from Banyana Banyana, mm. uh, Bafana Bafana Squad, and all, all he's, the, the poor man is actually dealing with problems. Luckily, he's young. You see, that's how mm. nice it is to deploy young people. He still has the energy. Mm. Imagine if mm. he was a mad like Gwede, uh, uh, he would not be coping in dealing with all this, uh, being stressed by athletes, because he's dealing with artists, he's dealing with athletes, and, and he's also reachable. One thing I've noticed about Zizi Kwada, he's, he's accessible. That's Absolutely. the word I wanted to Absolutely. use. Yeah. I've seen um, even music artists or actors complaining, mm. and mm. he's accessible. And, and I think he's doing a good job. He, he, he must just talk to the artist and say, can you help me move from here, moving forward? Let's make this work for all of us. If I become a political office bearer, mm. I will I will actually work intertwined with affected people. In mm. this instance, mm. Zizi Kodwa must not rely on a fellow cabinet ministers and fellow comrades. He must rely on artists. His constituents. His constituency. Mm. They will guide him better. They sure. know better. They are on the ground. Mm. And that's why when uh, Banyana Banyana, in some instance, had this problem, he went to sit and talk to them in a room. Mm. And when he heard that, he went to seek money to help to resolve their problem. Sure. He didn't resolve it permanently, but at that moment, thumbs up to Zizi Kodwa. Be and, solutions driven. And let's hope that those who love cricket and uh, they will not be banned from flying the South African flag and the national anthem. We, we, we have the game. Remember this? Is no, no, it's not going to happen. I think, I think they've been given... A, yes, they've been given time to... A, a reprieve yeah. uh, to, to sort it out. But so. we are not supposed to be there. As you said, mm. we are Other nations correcting. have done it. Other nations have done yeah. it. Yes, that's where we are as a nation. Sure. Speaking of nations, uh, the new census uh, is out. <laughs> and uh, the SA population has risen 20% to 62 million in this country. <laughs> you, am, I, am I supposed to say something with those maths figures? Fresh, this is very disturbing. And I'll tell you why. One, why are you disturbed? One, it makes me think I, I should not believe those those numbers. Mm. And I'll, I'll give reasons towards that. But two, they may be true. Uh, it's disturbing because of the economy of the country. Remember, the purpose of a census mm. is to inform the government in planning sure. how much money you need, how many mm. schools you need, health services, and so Now, everything else is shrinking. The, the government is at the moment under austerity measures because we are bankrupt as a nation. Thanks to 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 the uh, sixth administration of South Africa, we are bankrupt mm. as a nation. Mm. Our debt with the IMF and the World Bank is worse than ever before than the history of this country. We are bankrupt. The government is on austerity measures, and boom! On top of that, the statistician general uh, that I said to people is not as flamboyant as the previous one. He doesn't have a yellow suit, you know. That's why maybe we are getting into problems. Uh, that we moved from from 1994 to 40 million people, then we moved to something like 48 million, then 52 million, now 59 million, now we are at 62 million. So again, we have to take into consideration that this 62 million includes 
foreign nationals living in South Africa and documented. But we're told it's only 3% of that. Uh, but please, what is 3% of that? That's why I say I don't believe the figures because we know factually, and Home Affairs can come and attest to mm. that, there are more than 4 million Zimbabweans. Actually, to the Zimbabwean Representation Committee, mm. they say there are more than 5 million Zimbabweans living here, of which Home Affairs says uh, uh, almost 2 million. We know they are here. We know what they are doing. 300,000 odd number. They've got permits, special permits. But we know more than mm. 5 million Zimbabweans live in South Africa. Now, you want to come and tell me that in the 62 million, only about 5 million of the 62 are foreign nations that's not possible when Zimbabwe only takes five million. What about Basutu, Mozambicans, Malawians, and the British? Mm. Again, statistically, what surprised me was Malawi is on the top five. Mm. I'm like, where are these Malawians going to? Maybe in the mines. But, but Zimbabwe is number one, mm. followed by Mozambique. Guess who comes next? The British. Mm. Double passports. And then, and then Lesotho, then Malawi, or Malawi, then Lesotho. And so, but I'm sure most of those British have probably, you know, converted the pounds to rands and bought a nice mansion in Landadno in, in, in the Cape. In the, in the Western Cape, yeah. yeah. But, but again, that's the first problem with the statistics to say, the, the, statis, the statistician general says approximately six million are foreign nationals. Mm. So are we saying South Africans have been so busy, we've been giving birth? When, when you go and you look at health records, the number of marriages, births in public hospitals have gone down, but our numbers are increasing. Mm. So where are these people coming from? Who are these people that are 10 million more than the last time mm. uh, 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 that we find ourselves as, as South Africans? Who are these people? And, and we are counting or talking about registered people who came forward and 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 declared themselves mm. you know say what mm. about those who, who were not counted mm. I, I know for example i was not counted in the census because every time they were passing my street i was i was not home so i'm not even counted in the 62 million how many boats are there mm. that were not counted? so we may be 70 million in the country and that's why the fiscals and and the services like health education under strain it's under strain mm. including the police mm. As recent as last week, there was machine gaffers in Mayfair, uh, Johannesburg. Now, you have one policeman servicing 200 people instead of one policeman servicing 50 people. So you are straining the services of government uh, by not having the actual figures. A lot of people are blaming it on border control to say we failed to control our borders in the past and, and, and also uh, many foreigners giving birth in South Africa. And, and, you know, I've heard somebody saying you go to a school somewhere in Soshanguve, the school from the principal to the teachers and the children, the majority there are Zimbabwe nationals. Mm. But I'm saying they have the right to be here because we legitimized that process through our uh, uh, human rights, you know, uh, 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 a part of the of the constitution for them to be in South Africa. It is it is a challenge, but it's going to strain the, 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 the fiscals of the country to a very big extent. Uh, when government, for example, the school feeding scheme for, for minor children at primary, uh, they have to calculate even kids who were born in South Africa six, seven years back and are starting school now. Mm. And these are kids that were legitimately born in South Africa or even illegitimately born in South Africa, but they are here. Mm. And mm. our human rights record says for as long as they are here, we should be humanitarian, we should feed them and take care of them. But I, I, I'm saying this, this, these statistics, they've, they've demonstrated a very bleak future on on on. What is happening in the country? Coincidentally, the, the day they were released, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, mm. I mean Tuesday or Wednesday, the day they were released, coincidentally, uh, the bill for the, the uh, amendment of the Marriage Act uh, uh, also was tabled, you understand? Which has an impact on the statistics of the country. Mm -hmm. It has an impact in a sense that it didn't only change that women who were married previously out of committee of property or with an ANC contract, not the political party, the anti nuptial contract. Yeah. Uh, they are now going to benefit more. Uh, uh, regarding this. Coincidentally, when this bill was running, the states went out. And and now, fresh, mm. the kids you had uh, before this amendment, mm. uh, the law says, even if you had excluded other things from your spouse, 
they are now going to benefit from the exclusions. Oh yes, 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 yes. Let me let me let me tell you why personally I agree with it. Mm-hmm. Because as much as we might have an anti-nuptial contract, uh, we're married with a, the use that cruel system or, or, or whatever. Unfortunately, generally in our society, more often than not, the woman, regardless of the, the contract, becomes the homemaker. Yeah. And how do you quantify that? I, 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 I don't know why now, Fresh. Let, let me tell you, and me and you have been married. And, and, and if me, let's say me and you are married. Mm-mm, we uh, won't get married, <laughs> me and you. We marry our spouses, our women. But, but, but um, you know, in, in all fairness, if I was able to build an empire, whether it's, it's all my money because of the accrual system, yeah. but where now as the wife chose, I will stay home and look after the home. If we divorce, as much as, yes, we have a contract that st- stipulates this, yeah. in all fairness, should I live with nothing? But but I, I, I hear you and I agree with you and the, and the, and the new bill or the yeah, new act. Sure. I agree. But I'm saying either people were not informed yes. or the courts did not enforce what was applicable. At the moment, it's, it's, it's the law that's signed or it's a bill that's sitting, it's a white paper sitting there. But it has always been there. And I'll use my own divorce case as an example. It has always been a law in the Republic of South Africa that even whether there's a contract or not, if you can quantify your contribution towards building a family or a home. Yes. You, if you can quantify it. I remember in, 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 in one of the cases I followed, a, a, a woman was buying groceries and paying for electricity, sometimes cash. You don't do it mm. through your bank account. Mm. And the court ruled in the past years to say, both of you were earning 10,000 rents. Your cost of living, including your spouse and your kids, were 15,000 rents. So where did the 5,000 rents come from of the basics? Mm. It means the spouse was contributing, even if it was not financial. Yes. For her sitting at home, when mm. I became a diplomat, mm. my spouse, my ex-wife, had to quit her job, follow me to live with me abroad. Mm. I had... For half of the years, she lived with me abroad. Two mm. years. Half of that, the court ordered me to say... You have to maintain her, not yes, the kids, yes. her, mm. for one year so that she can look for a job, keep her on the medical aid because she suffered, she quit her job mm. to go and build a family with you. And I thought that was a fair decision it's of fair. the court. It's, it's fair. fair. Mm. But what we are sitting with at the moment is that now the court has made that a law. It's yes. no longer an argument only that was presented mm. by a good lawyer mm. in court. Mm. It is the law to the benefit of women. Sure. And uh, you know what? You know, I've been talking marriage. I don't know if I still want to get married <laughs> with all these laws being complicated further. Uh, in fact, this is the perfect segue. Um, speaking of divorce, uh, ESCOM chair stepping down. And, and, and the last couple of weeks has seen, um, you know, SOEs leave, uh, seeing leaders literally jumping ship like rats. Uh, that have smelt methane, uh, <laughs> as Minister Mantashe said. Hey, Minister Mantashe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minister Mantashe has he, said two wrong things this week. He, he is the king, sorry, no, he is the tiger of shade, yeah. Minister Mantashe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hi, Fresh. Uh, you know, Tato, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. When, yeah. when the, the sixth administration came into power, the Tuma Mina. Uh, remember, it had the theme Newton. Yes. And majority of South Africans, or many South Africans, have thought this is a multi-millionaire or billionaire president coming in with a new dawn and, and a new administration. And I said at that time, in 2018, there is nothing new here. We have a new president who has been deputy president. The entire cabinet is still sitting there. The, the ruling party still has the same policies mm. that they failed or never implemented good policies of the ANC that they did not implement. Why did people expect? I mean, sometimes I know they say common sense is not always common, mm. but really, you've got the same political party, same colors, same policies, same leadership. It didn't change leadership. Mm. Mr. Ramaphosa did not change. He was the deputy ascended to be the president. He he kept more than half of the cabinet that served that time. You understand? And and then he, he moved others around. Pravin Godan moved from somewhere to somewhere. And and we thought the SOEs that were mentioned several times in the Zondo report mm. to say the SOEs 
are the source of corruption and collapsing the administration in the country. And I'm one of the people who have been saying that. Mm. To say all, all looters, all corrupt people, they stop eating money from municipalities only and the national government because they were getting caught. Mm. They started focusing on SOEs. The SOEs became the milking cow of corrupt people in government. And we knew that. The Zondo report gave us the report. We knew all that. What did the NC do? What did the government do? Today, we are sitting with the Auditor General report that, listen to this one, none of the SOEs under Minister Pravin Kodan mm. have got a clean audit. Not even one. Mm. Actually, out of seven of them, uh, only two submitted their financial statements. The mm. government, uh, what do you call it, financial uh, year ends on the 31st of March every year. They have six months after that. Normally they should do it within 90 days. Yeah. You can submit your financial records or your financial statements of the previous financial year. We are already in October. It's more than six months since the financial year ended. Five of the seven SOEs of the state haven't even submitted their papers, let alone if those records meet the requirements. The event, nobody's charged, nobody's facing the music. The, the Auditor General goes to Parliament and presents a very bleak audit report about the SOEs. And the, and, and the most important part, he says, the ministry failed to conduct the oversight of the SOEs and, and, and nobody's being held accountable. And now in the middle of that, going back to, to, to your point in discussion, we have seen of how many SOEs or state-owned you know, owned enterprises and agencies, the key personnel there, one, they've been having vacancies on key positions, mm. COs, CFOs, very strategic positions, including COOs who are supposed to be taking care of operations that makes these SOEs to function. They've been vacant. On top of the vacancies, they are now exceeding. You know, they are running, uh, as Gwede Mantashe puts it, they are running out. They are running out like, like, like mice or rats having have smelled methane in, 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 in a mine. Mm. And, and we should be sitting and reflecting as a nation. Why are especially black, educated, well-decorated, and, and, and functional uh, uh, executives or senior managers in government are sitting at home. Count me in on those ones. Mm. You know, sitting at home when we know what they are capable of doing, when we know that they can deliver. And they're just leaving this SOEs. So actually, Mr. Makwana is even a little bit of a better one that he's even giving notice that he will leave after two weeks. Others resign with immediate effect. Mm. The Transnet CEO, you know, as an example. And nobody is holding the Minister of State-Owned Enterprises accountable for failing to conduct or an oversight over these SOEs. And we think they will still function properly. But but there's both some story into that, uh, as I will always do to the viewers. You know, uh, fresh on Monday when Mr. Makwana resigned, mm. I read a statement there. Uh, somebody asked me, did it come as a surprise? No, it did not. And people think it's because the minister deferred with, with the board regarding the appointment of the CEO. Mm. He's well, Pravin is correct in this instance. He said they didn't follow process because they excluded people above the age of 60, which is illegal. Mm. They can't do that. Mm. They can't say nobody above the age of 60 should apply because it's a five-year contract, three-year contract. What, what, what I don't understand w with that case, though, where they were told they should have submitted three names, mm. uh, with Andre de Reiter, were the three names submitted? Or was no, he parachuted? No, no, no. Andre de Reiter was a special case. Remember, oh, okay. Andre de Reiter, we were told, we woke up and Andre de Reiter, remember Andre de Reiter, had failed this in everything else he did in life. Mm -hmm. And we were told, we're going to have these guys, the new CEO, understand? But this is the process that the post was advertised. There was a due diligence followed. And the board just decided, I don't know, but maybe for stability, let us appoint a younger person who will serve two terms, maybe six years, maybe 10 years. And, and instead of appointing someone who's about to go in retirement, maybe. That's, what, that's the logical thing I'm thinking of. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't expressly state it because then it becomes illegal. Now, Minister Pravin Godan goes and sends this thing back and people are saying uh, the board or the chairperson of the board feels and thinks there's interference from the ministry. I doubt it. And I'll remind our followers, why? Mm. I was sitting on this platform when Makwana was appointed. Yes. And I said, how come nobody talks about what this guy is doing? His connections to the, to the uh, uh, independent power producers. Now, two days 
or less than 48 hours after he resigned, Minister Pravin Gordon institutes a probe to say his background and his sources of business must be checked. Hmm. I, Mudimuamemuilwa, said on this platform, why didn't they check it do due diligence before the guy was appointed? Why do you let him resign? You issue a public statement to say, Makwana has resigned. We hmm. wish him well in his career and he will do a handing over in the next two weeks. Less than 48 hours after you issue a statement to say, probe this guy. Who's hmm. this guy? What was he doing? I think it's a bluff. Yeah, the due diligence would have actually established before. all of that. Yes. yes. Why, why, why are they doing it after? Why is it a bluff? Why is Praveen going for Makwana, a black businessman, a black executive? We all don't know, but I don't think he's going for him. I think these people had a plan. Uh, uh, their plan has been well executed with the IPPs and contracts signed and decisions made without a CEO for you know his term. But another thing also with Makwana that worries me. As the chairperson, he's staying until month, and guess what? ESCOM mm. is one of the entities that did not submit their financial records. He must submit them in handing over. Some of those records, he inherited them. Mm. He found the problem there, inherited it, failed to resolve it. Now he must come in front of us, the nation, mm. and present cooked, wrong, lying papers and reports. Why is, why is he subjecting himself to that? You understand? If there's a fallout between Magwana and, uh, and the minister, Magwana would have left with immediate effect. He's a mm. chairperson of the board. He's mm. not into operations. Yes. Why, why does he want to subject himself to come and stand in front of us as a nation? You know, what does he do to black people and black executives? We are useless. Mm. That's what it does. It confirms that blacks are failures. They are useless. He stayed one year or more on the post and he did nothing. He's going to present a bleak report which we all know that he inherited mm. and he's the chairperson of the board. He's not the CEO. Again, then they go and they appoint a former or executive who has been acting back and forth from the board as well, the deputy chair of the board to act as the, as, as the chair of the board. Everybody's acting. Everybody's on stage. We are, we are a movie here. People are in a drama movie where everybody's acting in key strategic uh, uh, positions. And this takes me back to what we spoke about last week, what Floyd Shivambo said, that they want to weaken the ANC by taking strategic positions. The CEOs, the, S, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the COOs, the CFOs, ambassadors, and all the DGs and all that. You can't run a government entity or department without the chief accounting officer for over a year. And you know that it's, it's strategic. You know, the prescripts are there. You know the people that you must recruit. Why are they not recruiting? The, the normal people and relevant people. I don't think, and this is my conclusion on this matter to our followers and viewers, I don't think there's there's a fallout between Makwana and Pravin Kodan. I don't mm. think so. I think I think they are playing into the gallery. I okay. think they are misleading us. There's no fallout. Otherwise, the guy would have left immediately. And and, and this whole thing, it's, it, for me, it's a fuss. But ESCOM is getting more and more into trouble. And look, call it Botsang's conspiracy theories. Pravin is selling state-owned enterprises, and he's selling them smart. Mm. First of all, you dislocate them. You make them dysfunctional. You don't give them support and oversight. You make them useless so that cabinet can come in or parliament and say, no, no, let's privatize this thing, like the way they, they sold the, the South African Airways. The former DG in, 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 in that ministry is sitting at home or in that department. is fighting the minister because he raised issues regarding the sale of SAA. Now the Auditor General has come to confirm some of the things that the DG of state-owned enterprise or state entities has, has you know, alleged before. The Auditor General says the sale of SAA was not handled properly. Did the DG lie? No, it says it, he didn't lie because now a Chapter 9 institution is coming to confirm what the DG was saying. And, and, and this is the whole political strategy of dismantling state-owned enterprises, mm -hmm. privatizing them, making political office bearers who are about to go on retirement and they've looted money to can buy these enterprises out. You know, uh, uh, again, South Africans do not know that this week an electricity bill was tabled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That ESCOM is being dismantled. Three now it's going to be three different, you know, entities doing different things mm -hmm. uh, under one ministry. Let's hope ministry of 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 what of electricity. Yeah, Let's hope probably electricity. Yeah. So Doctor Sputler Kosienzo is going to inherit a dismantled uh, 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 ESCOM 
with problems mm. and false reports or incorrect reports, and then he'll be sitting with the problem. You know what we will be doing mm. after the 2024 elections? We'll be saying, but Sputla is useless. Mm. Forgetting that Sputla is inheriting in 2023 towards 2024 the mess that was created by Pravin Godan. And people will sit back and say, no, we can't be giving these key strategic positions uh, uh, to black people because they are failing. No, 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 no. I will not be saying that next year. I will not say Sputla has failed. I will say Sputla has inherited a rotten bag of potatoes. Yes. And he didn't go and throw away the rotten one. He's trying to clean, you know, and cut and remove the rotten part of a potato and put them back in the bag with fresh ones. Mm. And that is what is happening in the South African politics. Sure. And, and, and those who are young and, and supposedly uh, good are being given a rotten sack of potatoes. And they just take it and run with it without questioning things. Mm. But, you know, in the public service, that's another thing. If you question political leadership, you'll find yourself sitting at home. Mm. It becomes personal. It becomes personal. Absolutely. Let's wrap it up with the murderous mayhem in the Middle East. Um, what's happening in the Middle East, Wutsang, uh, and uh, what are your... Fresh, this is this is the the, the, the sad state of us. What is happening in, in the Middle East, it's actually genocide. Mm. If you look at it, actually, I had to sit and think about this, and I will take sides. You know, as an mm. analyst, I'm supposed to sit here and give a, a picture of both sides mm. of what is happening. The only picture I can give regarding what is happening in the Middle East is that that's a holy war, that's a jihad, and mm. this war has been there long before we were born. Mm. And, and it's a structural war that was well designed by the British. We all know it's on record that uh, uh, when, when, when there was a holocaust against the Jews, mm. uh, uh, Britain, the foreign minister of Britain actually in those 40s, went and, and, and developed a paper and tabled in parliament uh, of the British parliament and it was approved that the state of Palestine, which is supposed to be a holy place, mm. And, and, and somebody was saying, why did they choose Palestine? Why not Egypt? Why not any other country? Why were they Jews? Because already there were Jews living in, 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 in the area, uh, you know, based on their religion. But, but they created a state of Israel inside Palestine. And, mm. and people are saying the Palestine situation is the same as South African situation, whereby uh, colonialists came. Mm. Then they became racist, you know, apartheid government. They took over the land that they still own over 70% of the land in South Africa. And, but in Palestine, it's worse. I think the situation with the Palestinians is worse than South Africa. You know, the apartheid government was racist. Mm. They used race as their weapon. And I don't want to talk 1948 backwards. I want to talk 1948 moving to 1994. They used race and segregation. Mm. They created homeland states in Palestine. Israel didn't do that. They actually started occupying Palestine piece by piece. Mm. Right now, over 90% of Palestine belongs to Israel. And America is arming Israel to keep that to happen. They want that to happen. So, I, I, I mean, Palestinians are very few people, 2 million plus. Mm. And, and with the bombings that are happening, uh, by Israel, supported by America with the F-16 jet fighters, bombing the Palestinian people every day. Mm. Two million, if they can kill 2,000 a day, imagine, or a week, imagine what will be two million people. They want to actually uh, finish the people of Palestine. And we should as a nation, and South Africa has stood up. I'm very proud with uh, Minister Naledi Pando. I think I praise her too much these days. Or is she saying the right things? Minister Naledi Pando's statement, very bold. Mm. A lot of South African organizations obviously accept the, the Jewish uh, community in South Africa and the Democratic Alliance. They've, they've, they've called for Israel to defend itself against what they call the terrorist Hamas. The word terrorists come from terror. You cause terror. You mm. terrorize people. Israel and people were asking, why did it happen this weekend? But for the last two months, Israel has been bombing Palestine. It's not reported on ENC. It's not reported on BBC. It's not reported on CNN or any niche, uh, Western media houses. They've been bombing them at least three times mm. a day. Imagine how many children uh, uh, are dying. And, and now people are saying in a war situation, you cannot be kidnapping and killing women and children. You know, that irked me. Mm. Are they saying we as men, it's okay when we are kidnapped and killed? And killing is wrong generally. Mm. Killing mm. people is wrong generally, whether it's women, men, and children. But when it's Hamas, 
And I don't want to say the state of Palestine. Hamas, it's a, it's a militant organization in Palestine, has decided to say enough It's enough. We can't allow our people or the people we represent to be bombed and killed. They are armless. They are, they are normal civilians. We have arms. Let us go and avenge them. It's called terrorism. But when the innocent children of Palestine uh, are being bombed and killed with, with, with artillery that are used by the military, not normal guns that are used by criminals. Uh, that's not terrorism. And then we have the United States and Britain and other countries standing up to say they will aid Israel by all means necessary to defend themselves. And none of the Arab countries, none, not even one, mm. with the exception of Iran, has said we will defend the people of Palestine. Again, so so it's a sad state that the people of Palestine are finding themselves to fighting this a jihad or a holy war on their own for their land. They are dispossessed, they are being killed, they are oppressed. And and what do we expect them to do? First, if if you are under attack, the first thing that comes into your mind is to defend yourself. And in a military process, the best form of defense is attack. Mm. And, and that's what uh, uh, Hamas is doing. They are responding and retaliating to, 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 to the aggression of Israel, you know, in their own land. Many are arguing that Hamas do not represent the hopes, wishes and aspirations of Palestinians and that they are just a terror group. Oh. Who do they represent? If, if people are saying that Hamas has been existing, what are the hopes and, and, and aspirations of Palestinians? That's what we should first identify. Mm. The Palestinians, they want their land back. They want peace. They want freedom. At the moment, the people of Palestine, even before this weekend's war, they can't walk freely, fly and travel out of Palestine as they wish. That is oppression. They are like in a, you know, I call Palestine an open-air jail. They are jailed by Israel. Israel determines when will they get water, when will they get electricity, when will they get food. They've been doing it for years. It didn't start this weekend. Now, if we compare Hamas with the former liberation movements in South Africa mm. uh, and, and their military, the Umkontoesis, the Azanian People Liberation Army, APLA and Azanla, are we saying Umkonto Abla and Azanla, they were not representing the aspirations of black people in South Africa? They were. In their different policies, different formats. Uh, for, for example, uh, uh, we, we used to say, as you know, coming back from the military background, we used to say as Abla, we are not going to put bombs in dustbins around Joburg to bomb shops like OK Bazaar those years. Mm. We will actually take our arms and walk into military parts and police station to attack what we used to call the settler uh, regime armed soldiers and police. Mm. Now, Hamas is doing exactly the same thing. Hamas is sitting there and saying, these people are killing innocent civilians who will go into Israel, occupied territories, and kill innocent in retaliation to that. I'm not saying killing, and again, we should be careful. I'm not saying killing people and human beings and civilians is correct. But in absence, this is a war situation. This is not just skirmishes mm. where Hamas is, is, is made. But I, I think Hamas is representing the people of Palestine. Let me tell you, if Hamas was not representing the people of Palestine, they may not be the official government or the official army or military. But if they were not representing, you know what will the Palestinians be doing? They would be exposing them. Mm. They will be telling the Israelis and other international you know, infiltrators like the USA where these people are hiding them. The fact that you hide a guerrilla or a soldier in your house, mm. it means you agree with the conduct of that soldier. The fact that the people of Palestine uh, 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 and, and even surrounding areas like the Hezbollah group in, 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 in the neighboring country mm. and Iran are supporting Hamas, it is because they can understand and subscribe to the frustration of Hamas. It's a very dirty and unfair situation uh, that majority of the people who are dying there are not guerrillas or soldiers, mm. are civilians. And, 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 and the, the youth of Palestine, if you look at the videos that are making rounds, is being wiped off. Mm. They, they are wiping off uh, Palestinians from the system, and we are going to wake up that the entire Palestine now, already it's over eight, almost 90% of Palestine is Israel. And are we as international nations saying it is correct that another state, not individuals like in South Africa, the, the, the British and the Dutch came and fought and, and divided the country into four and started sharing it. Here it's a state that was an independent state guided by Britain, funded by and armed by the USA, 
taking over another state. And, and it's happening in Ukraine. And we are saying, what to Putin? Putin, mm. you are taking over another country. It started as Donbass. Now Putin has taken almost a quarter of, of Ukraine. And we are condemning that to say you can't break international laws by occupying another state. But when it comes to Israel and, and the children of Palestine in Gaza or in the West Bank, they even deny them access to clean water and food. And this did not start now. And the international community, they want to see then call for peace in terms of war. There is a war situation in that country. And if you, you, you take water and food from me, even if you don't shoot me mm. with a bullet, you actually destroy me and killing me. And I've said when we did uh, a, a chapter on my private life, I've quoted Hamas that one of the things that we had copied as Apla from Hamas was, was this profound statement. Hamas is saying, if somebody makes life a living hell, a living hell for you, that there's no reason for you to live, then why do you still want to live in hell? You must go down fighting that person, and if possible, die instead of living in hell, but mm. die with those people. They live by those words. They're doing it. That's why we find suicide bombers. Instead of me living in a prison cell without water and food, why should I live? I'm dead already. I I'll die a painful, slow death. Mm. I would rather fight the oppressor who's denying me food and water and die fighting mm. than, than, than starve and, 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 and be dehydrated to death. And that is the reality. That is the situation that Israel is actually starving and, 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 and you know, denying the Palestinians basic human living conditions, basic water and food. Mm. Now, what do we expect the people of Palestine to do in this instance? And they fight with what? Rocks, Katie. You know, those things, that's, that's where it started. Now they are armed. And guess what? Which arms are they using? American arms. Where did Hamas get those grenade propellers, those rocket launchers? Where did they get them? Because they're made by America. They're American products. Why are they in the hands of Hamas? If you want to see how evil the USA is, I will not be surprised that in order to continue the conflict there, which is benefiting them, mm. they may have made sure that these arms are loose and they will end up in the hands of the enemy of Israel so that America can benefit. That's what America does. But I think uh, uh, the Arab League, the Arab countries must stand up and interfere in this process. Uh, and unfortunately, Israel is heavily armed to the teeth. You know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that they may unleash nuclear weapons on the children of Palestine. Can I tell you my, my thoughts on this? I would love to hear your thoughts. Because for me, and I'm not the Buddhist here, you're the Buddhist. Uh, for me, I think any life lost is unfortunate. Um, I think justifying the killing of anyone, personally for me, doesn't make sense. Just from a bar to people. Humanitarian perspective. Um, uh, absolutely. So I'm not going to sit and justify why innocent men, women, children uh, were butchered this past weekend. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not going to justify why innocent women and children are being bombed right now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that is how we can and should be resolving this. So uh, what Hamas did, I'm not going to justify it as a, they had it coming. Mm, mm, now look mm. where you are. I, I, there's not, no part of me that can justify that. But there's also no part of me that can justify dropping bombs indiscriminately like has been happening right now. And, and, and all I can say, though, is this wound has been festering for so long Let's not act surprised that we are here. Exactly, fresh. Um, um, this wound has been festering because the United Nations are useless when it comes to superpower aggression, when it comes to countries that are connected doing as they please, uh, when it comes to Botsang, who's bigger than uh, uh, Papi, saying, Papi, I'm going to take that, and there's mm. nothing you can do about it. And the United Nations do nothing because Botsang is connected, exactly. and Botsang has friends who are also big. So all I'd like to say is, it's going to carry on like this because nothing is changing. No. And nothing changes 
if nothing changes. You know what I mean? I, I agree so, with you. So, 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 I don't know how we resolve this, but what I know though is things have been wrong for at least sixty years, and nobody more. has done a thing about it. They will not. Now do. we are here. It will get worse, and we're gonna continue seeing more women, children, innocents dying because nothing has been done in 60 years. But but just to add to what you are saying, uh, being an analyst, yeah. remember, I, I, I have a responsibility to paint a picture of why is it happening. Absolutely. And Absolutely. painting a picture does not mean mm. one is taking sides. Absolutely. But in this instance, I will not be shy that should I be asked to put mm. my head on the block, I will take sides, I will take sides with the people of Palestine. Mm. But I'm not justifying the, the, the conduct and the behavior of Hamas. Sure. Or, and, and exactly what you are saying, Ask me, will this be resolved? Diplomatic relations have failed. Mm. You are correct, the UN has failed. Remember when we grew up, we used to adore and admire uh, 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 Yasser Arafat. Oh, you yes. know? Imagine how many times did the late Palestinian leader, Yasser Arafat, from the time he was the leader of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, Hello. before he mm. became a government, mm. he entered, he always spoke of engagements for peace sake. For that, leave us, let us live as Muslims, as Palestinians, in a humanitarian way. That was Yasser Arafat's mm. position for many years. And, and, and what did the United Nations and the US and the British do? No, no, they kept on allowing Israel to grow. So I doubt if diplomatic relations in this instance, because of the superpowers who mm. are controlling the UN, will aid this situation. It, it will not. It, it has been getting worse, as you said. But, but uh, sadly, it's loss of life. I, I see this getting out of hand, whereby other countries who are not involved there. The world is shifting. Mm. The focus is shifting from the West to the East and Africa and the Middle East. I see other countries uh, getting involved into this. Already, Russia has already said Hezbollah is going, is said they are getting involved into this, which is, which is a, a, you know, the equivalent of Hamas mm. in, 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 in Jordan. There's a group of, you know, insurgents from Syria. And, and Russia is saying, if Syria is attacked, because the U.S. president with his diapers has already stood up and said, uh, I warn you, don't, don't, don't. Mm. He's involved. Mm. America is directly involved. They are saying to Israel, we'll give you fighter jets to continue bombing Palestine. But he's saying other countries must not get involved. What if China and Russia and other countries with military stands up like Korea? What if the, the mad young boy of, of North Korea mm. stands up and saying, I'm going to arm Hamas the way America is arming Israel in this instance? In fact, to speak to your conspiracy that you uh, alluded to earlier on, how do we know that Hamas were not armed by them? Yeah. Because the minute allegiance with Israel was announced, shares in American arms companies shot up. Absolutely. That's, they how, shot up. that's how America operates the economy. They, they, they shot up. So you can't blame a conspiracy theorist who says, how do we know that you're not the same one who's arming the people we're fighting against yes. so that you can get involved at the level that you're getting involved? And, and that's how America has always been operating when it comes to wars. They go, they create chaos so that their economic shares of, of their country that is being run through the military must go up. And this does not come as a surprise. Do you want to tell me that Israel has has one of, if not the number one best intelligence, Mossad, in the world? Mm. Do you want to tell me that they didn't hear and see this coming? Egypt stood up and said, but we warned Israel mm. that this thing is coming. How did Egypt pick it up? The CIA and Mossad didn't pick this up. How did they not know that Hamas is planning to do this? And, and those who know history, they will tell you that Almost every three to five years, there mm. is such an operation by Hamas. Mm. If you look for the last 30 years, almost every three to five years, there is such a big operation. This is the biggest, you know, in magnitude that has happened. But almost three to five years, Hamas will attack Israel inside Israel. There'll be casualties of civilians, and then Israel will retaliate. And then America will come at the end and say, uh, Israel, we are ready to help you. No, 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 no. It's because their capital, their investment on arms and the military is going to parachute the dollar and the investment rates of armaments and arm companies. And that's what they do. Mm. Uh, it, is, it is in the best interest of the Americans for this war never to end. 
And on that note, uh, we'd like your comments, your views, your thoughts. Uh, please also uh, subscribe, like, tell your friends, tell your grandmother, send this to your favorite politician. Uh, but we appreciate your comments uh, on our YouTube channel um, at the bottom. Uh, Botsang uh, likes to go in there once in a while uh, and also interact with you guys. But we're going to leave it at that. Yes, my uh, brother. We, thanks we've been a lot. speaking nonstop for an hour. Really? Oh, oh God. Yeah, maybe it's because the, the topics this week has been... Oh, wow, what a week. Yes. Actually, it's a hell of a week. Uh, it is, just, you know, politically in South Africa and globally. Yes, sir. Very challenging week. Where do we find you online, sir? Uh, BotsangM at gmail.com or you can go at BotsangM on all social media handles. And you may also inbox or send me SMSs and WhatsApp on 082-485-9100. And on that uh, hashtag politics note, we are done for the week. Uh, coming to you live from Amp Studios, downtown Johannesburg. We are part of the Africa Podcast Network. Shout out our cinematographers, Trevor and his crew at Pezulu Works. Works with an X. They even do weddings. They'll shoot your wedding like it'll look happier than it is, guys. <laughs> even if you're miserable at your own wedding, Trevor will make you look like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This one is very, very happy. He's Will Smith happy 10 years ago. Also, uh, shout out Otis the Flo Fraser. He does all of our imaging, our guest, Botsang Mudimuame Muilwa, our creative producer, Kuvesh Mohan, and our show producer, Keleso Mudisa Gang. Have an incredible week in spite of yourselves. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>